0: Welcome back to My Love Letter Time Machine, where we are unfolding the Victorian love story contained in the letters of two ordinary people from Yorkshire, Fred Shepherd and Janie Warburton. I'm Ingrid Birchall-Hughes, and I just happen to be their great-great-granddaughter. Each week, we travel 140 years back in time to discover the latest happenings, and today, Janie and Fred have a fabulously detailed discussion about their future house layout to the point of drawing floor plans. Last week, we heard how everyone had been struggling with their health and how Kate, the servant at the Cross Keys, had been taken ill. Janie continues with the news in her next letter, and we start to get more in-depth discussions about how she would like to run her home. And it's fascinating to see her try her gentle best to educate Fred and manage his expectations on the practicalities. Having spent her whole life helping to run two pubs, Janie is certainly more than qualified, in the art of efficient housekeeping. And from her tone, I think she is absolutely relishing the idea of being her own mistress in this. Hansworth, February 20th, 1882, Monday, 9.30. My own darling Fred, I have a few more minutes to spare, so I thought I would give you a little more. I have had Ted and Miss Dalton at our house tonight to see me. They both wish to be kindly remembered to you. Miss Dalton looks well. She has got a situation in Sheffield at the Black Swan as assistant housekeeper. She says they are very nice people and they treat her as if she were one of the family. It is very nice for Ted now. She gets out once a fortnight on Sundays and every Monday. Oh, love, I wish you were a bit nearer. She is going to have tea with me on Monday afternoon. Ted says he will write to you this week. Ted looks very well. He is letting his beard grow. I don't think he looks so well with it as he did without it. They will have a wet journey back to Attercliffe. It is a miserable night, a very rough wind, but I suppose they won't feel it much so long as they are together. I left off my other letters in our dining room. I prefer the middle room without a range, as I always think they seem like two kitchens When the kitchen opens into the room, it keeps both places in an uproar when you have to cook in there. It does necessitate two fires. If we have a house where the kitchen is shut away from the room, you know, love, I think it would be so much nicer for you on a wash day. You wouldn't see much of it if you were in the front room. I don't want a servant. I'm sure I could manage a house like that without any assistance as it ought to be done, but we will talk it over at Easter, love, and we will have a glorious time. I don't think I've made my meaning very clear about the house, my darling, but I have got a bad cold in my head, and I feel very dull and in my doze too. My nose is getting very sore with continual wiping. I want your handkerchief for it tonight, love. I mean the silk one. Mine scrubs. I am glad you'll be able to put up with my cold feet, love, and you're right about being so comfortable once we get into bed. I shall nestle up to you, and I don't think we should care about getting up again. Oh, love, won't it be a happy time when we are together? I wish your dream had been real, my darling. It does seem a shame when you are enjoying yourself so much and then to awake and find it is only a dream. Continued Tuesday the 21st, 1882. I had to give up writing last night as it was near closing time and I had to wash up the glasses and just straighten up a bit before going to bed. I went down to see Ginny Reckless last Saturday night and she wanted me to go to their social tea today. Tuesday, as she is coming. I thought you would not have any objections to me going there, so I promised to go. Our John is coming to fetch me home. I wish you were instead of him, my darling, and then I should enjoy it. I should have mentioned it in my other letter, but had to cut it short, being past time. Kate came home last night and has been much better. She has been going about her work as usual today. I hope this will continue as she does not look very well. I have got the toothache. It must be with loving too true, not because I don't love true. And the sneezels too. I must have got it with looking out for Kate on Sunday. I was expecting her every minute and wanting to go to church. I kept looking out the door. It was very cold. I shall have to give over writing. Mrs Fleer has just come in. I hope you like your muffler, my darling. I remain your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. P.S. There is always someone coming. Not long to Easter now, love. Royal Exchange, Middlesbrough, the North Eastern Steel Company Limited, February 21st, 1882. My own darling little wife. I was very pleased to receive your letter this morning, love not only because of the valentine, which came as well, but because I was anxious for a letter from you. I am glad that my letter was a treat, love. I was afraid it would not go, for although we astonished the natives when running down the street, we were rather late after all our efforts. We have to post at the General Post Office on Sundays at four o'clock. I am sorry to hear of Kate's illness. I hope by this time she is better. If it is cramp at the stomach, it is often a very serious thing. I expect it will be very busy for you, my darling, while she is away. But I suppose, as usual, your Emma will do all the work while you watch her. You know what I mean, love. I wish I could thank you, my darling, for your kind present, in our old style. I like it very much indeed, love. I think it is the nicest I have ever seen. Oh, I do love you so much. I wish I could kiss you, wifey. I should not think of having it changed, loved, because it is just the thing. I think I shall have to get you to buy my apparel always, my darling. Your choice is always to my taste. I hope you will not debar yourself of any pleasure in saving the gloves until Easter. I should certainly like to walk them out, or rather, the wearer of them out. I wish I could have walked them out last Sunday, but it mote not be. I wish I could have been in your class, love, last Sunday afternoon, and then you could have taken your scholar out for a walk, which both scholar and teacher would have enjoyed. I received your questions, my darling, and will try to answer them. I enclosed the answers on a separate piece of paper. I intended sending them by tonight's post and started writing the letter this morning, but we have got so busy during the day, I had not time to touch it afterwards. We had done tonight at 8.30pm. Last night, it was nine. The reason I have had to stop so late is that neither Alvi nor Jarvis having any real experience in the genuine science of wages and capital accounting I have had to go through all their figures afterwards to assure myself they are correct. I have wished several times that I had time to do all the work myself, and then I should be quite satisfied as to the accuracy of it all. Jarvis has never been used to our kind of work, and so it is quite an acquisition. The last place he was at, his hours of working were from 9.30 till 4, with an hour off for dinner. Friday he had done at 3, Saturday holiday. I think your suggestion about having your purchases arranged on the room table a very good one, love, or we are sure to forget them. It is, as you say, my darling, such happiness being together that everything else is quite thrown on one side. I also think your idea very good regarding the furnishing of the front room, but I am not quite sure that my mother will give me three of the chairs, as the last time she mentioned that, she talked of giving one each away, to which I answered that if I could not have the three, I would not have any. I think our Arthur is the stumbling block in the way of her generosity now, out of gratitude, I suppose, for having almost supported him for these last two years. It is rather curious. They'll take anything in the shape of money that I like to send, but if I say anything about pictures or anything I should like, they don't see it at all. However, I won't be uncharitable. I suppose it is the way of the world. Of course, when I have mentioned my wishes, I've never said anything about having more right to them. I've left that to their appreciation, which so far has not been shown. I wish I had sufficient to set us up in first-class style, my darling, so as to be almost independent of them all. Besides, I really ought to set up in a manner similar to Marston, being the head of my department, just as he is the head of his. But I must not forget our old resolution of creeping or walking before running, or rather starting moderately so as to make sure of our position, love. I should think that Mr Cooper will come out something in the shape of an advance when the event comes off my darling to meet contingencies which he'll know all about being a very much a family man. Do you think we can manage my darling on 50 shillings if he does not? That is really you know only 45. Our new secretary paid us a visit on Monday he seems a very nice fellow I think I shall get on all right with him. I am having some letter paper printed with a monogram and address on it. Don't be frightened it won't cost anything. One of our customers is doing it that supplies us with stationery. He also inquired if I was married or expected to be soon. Of course, I was. He should be glad to supply me with any wedding printing that would be necessary. What is their love? Do you know? St. Paul's Parson came to our house this afternoon. Of course, I was out. To see if I would join the choir. Shall I? I do not think I should care to be tied to go to practice every week after I've done the usual hard day's work. But she'll think it over. I remain my darling wife, your loving, true, and faithful husband, Fred. Continued February 22nd, 1882. My own darling Janie, I was glad to hear from you this morning. It was an unexpected treat. I have not time to fully reply to it today, but will reply tonight for tomorrow's post. Of course, you can go to the social tea, my darling. I hope you will enjoy yourself. I am sorry to hear that you have got such a cold but cannot think of course that the toothache is from that it must be that you are faltering love in your affection for my sweet self if it is so I shall have to come over and renew the flame before it expires putting jesting on one side I hope that you will soon be better my darling I wish I could keep your mouth warm with mine and then the cold air would not get to it I am sorry that I could not get all the answers in. I could not get at a Bible last night and so have left those over, but you will soon be able to put them down on referring to the text. You must send the next a little sooner, my darling, and then I can give more time to it. In your answers, I should only state the number of the question and the answer, which will save your time in writing the answers. If my reply is do not exactly coincide with Reverend Moet's instructions, where you can, I should give his I wish I could talk them over with you, love. I cannot fully express my meaning in writing. Oh, my darling, I do love you. I don't think I shall be able to screw in another five minutes. If I can, I will write a little more. Believe me to remain my old darling wife, your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. P.S. Just another line, my darling. Shall you commence a letter tomorrow? I expect I shall not get another before Sunday now, shall I, love? I am thinking of getting measured for a new suit. I am getting awfully shabby. You see here with being in the town, it is different to living in a place like Darnall or Attercliffe. I think I shall get the blue search again. Don't you think that will be best? I do love you, my darling, more than ever. I wish it was Easter. Forty-five days then. Before I continue with Fred's next letter, where he goes into a lot of detail about house layouts and uses of rooms, I thought it might be interesting to provide a bit of context regarding the kind of houses he and Janie would be expecting to live in. In the second half of the 19th century, throughout Great Britain, a staggering five million terraced houses were built and reshaped the landscape of every town and city In Middlesbrough, that transformation was particularly dramatic. With the advent of the iron and steel mills, what was once farmland became covered in rows and rows of red brick houses. The front room of the typical terrace house, with its bay window, was the place to welcome visitors and would contain the best furniture, whereas the back of the house with the kitchen, the scullery and the yard, with a private outdoor flushing toilet, was where the domestic chores were done and where most of daily life happened. Visitors and strangers would be welcomed at the front door, but family and close friends would call at the back door at the rear of the street or through the adjoining passage. This social tradition still exists in many parts of the UK. We can often forget that the then new terrace houses were a step up from the slums that came before them and offered a new standard of living for working class people. Even today, millions of Britons still live in those terrace houses, although their layouts have been changed, particularly with the bringing inside of toilet and bathroom facilities. At that time, there were no bathrooms, and if you were not in the habit of filling a tin bath with hot water in front of the fire, what many people used to do was to visit the public bathhouse, a communal facility often attached to the public laundry, with a constant supply of hot water, And multiple baths people could use. They were usually open to men in the morning and women in the afternoon. Interestingly, the remains of a bathhouse was discovered only last year just outside Middlesbrough. In many industrial cities, the public laundries and bathhouses were still in use as late as the 1950s and 60s. In Janie's letters, she certainly expects to be doing her laundry at home, and so far they've not discussed their bathing arrangements. I can't imagine that once having moved to Middlesbrough, she'd have elected to boil her own water when she found out there was an establishment where she could literally get it on tap, but that's purely conjecture on my part. Anyway, here's Fred applying his analytical brain to the situation. Royal Exchange Middlesbrough, the Northeastern Steel Company Limited, February the 23rd, 1882. My own darling Janie I must apologize, love, for not writing yesterday for today's post, but I really had not time to reply to your letter received yesterday morning, so we'll do so today. I was very glad to receive it, my darling. Your letters always give me pleasure. I was very much surprised to hear that Miss Dalton and Ted have been up to your house. Did you know they were coming? Ted has not written, so I had no idea Miss Dalton was in Sheffield. I suppose life will be much pleasanter now for Ted. I think I shall have to get you a situation as housekeeper at Middlesbrough, love, not at a public house, my darling, but at my house. I envy Ted very much. Verily, the wicked are miserable. I should like to see Ted with his beard on. I should think he will look quite overbalanced with the beard. He and Miss D, they would never think of the wind and rain, my love. We didn't, you know, when we were together. I quite understand your meaning, love, with regard to the middle room. It does make two kitchens, as you say, and would be very bad on wash days, seeing as I have a man's usual aversion to wash days, love. Our house in Church Street is built like this, and Fred has drawn a diagram. It's a typical terrace ground floor layout with a front parlour, a middle room, and then two smaller rooms behind, labelled kitchen and wash kitchen, which then lead to a small yard. He writes so that, in this case, the passage runs past the first two rooms into the kitchen, leaving the middle room quite at liberty and could be used or not just as we wished. But I find that the majority are not built that way, but this. And Fred has drawn a second ground floor that is smaller and arranged, front parlour, middle room and a small single kitchen leading again to the yard. He continues... In this case, you see the passage only runs past the front room and then opens into the middle room, so that we should be in this fix. A. If the middle room were to be the drawing room, it would necessitate going through it every time from the kitchen to the dining room at the front. Of course, if we had nothing in it at all, this wouldn't matter. B. If the middle room were to be the dining room, it means giving up our idea of living in the lightest room. I thought I would just mention this and then you can think it over, my darling, and tell me what you think would be the best way out of the difficulty. I think too that there is a range in the middle room in the second sketch, which would be against your idea of tidiness, love, as houses are here at the present. We should have to make the best of the worst, for I cannot find any to let, I generally look out when passing, except those at about 26 to £30 pounds per year, which would be too much for us at first, my love, I'm afraid. I hope your cold is better by this time, love, or I shall have to come over and give you a good sweating, or you give me one, most likely. Of course, I don't mean anything, love. You know that I don't. Have you tried to repeat that poetry I showed you about Madeline? Thus, M's, of course, for B's. By Badoline, by Badoline, bark by melodious midnight bones, by melancholy monotones. I hope your cold did not prevent you from enjoying yourself at that probably very slow affair, the Darnell social tea. You will, I hope, give me a full and graphic description of everything that took place, love. Had you any dancing? And if so, who with? And how did you enjoy it? Excuse my inquisitiveness, love. You know I like to know. I hope your John took good care of your precious self on the way home. I suppose you would scarcely enjoy the walk as much if I had been in his place. I have seen on looking at your letter of Sunday that you mentioned getting a good dining table. Have you any idea as to what one would cost? I have heard John Mieh say that a second-hand table, if a good one, is always best, as you can see where the wood has cracked or otherwise, frequently a new one gives way where it is joined and shows a cavity generally down the middle. The parson called again yesterday to see me but I was not in. I can't do with these parsons hanging about the doors, I'm not used to it. Debt Pledge only called twice at our house at home all the time I was there. We had a new idea in pancakes on Tuesday. That is, sprinkling sugar on the top and then squeezing the juice out of an orange onto them. It is quite nice. I can recommend it. They are also strong on apple and fig pies here. Have you ever tried them? We have had another hard day today straightening up the contractor's wages. It was 9.30 when i had finished tea. I am afraid I shall not be so fond of working over when I get you here, love, for I shall want to get home to my darling wife, and you will no doubt be pleased to see your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. Continued, February 24th, 1882. My darling wife, I was rather disappointed this morning not receiving a few words from you, but I suppose you would be busy. I've had the parson again today at dinner and I promised to think it over about joining the choir. He seemed to want me to join very much. I have seen an old Darnell face today, Lily Craven, who has come, I suppose, to see Mrs Cooper. Rather, a long journey to see one's friends. I suppose Ernest Craven has got married, by the paper, where is he living? I think I shall go to play football tomorrow. We play our next cup tie the Saturday following, on the Middlesbrough Ground. I had several things to tell you, but we have been so busy again today that I have quite forgot them. Perhaps I shall remember before Sunday. Shall expect a good long one for Sunday, my darling, as usual. And remain, my darling Janie, your loving, true and affectionate husband, Fred. And finally, a letter from Jane although I imagine Fred would have been frustrated with its briefness. Hansworth, February 24th, 1882. My own darling Fred, I thought I would not keep you waiting for a letter until Sunday, as I have a few minutes to spare. I did not go down to Darnell until after tea. I met Ginny at the bottom of the station road. We went to the concert. Young Gill and Clara Dewhurst singing the Gypsy Countess very well. Miss Constance Smith of Sheffield also did her share in the programme very well. There were two or three Parsons there and they each had to give a short address but they turned them into very long ones which made them not very interesting as you can have too much of a good thing. So we only heard about four songs and then Ginny had to go back by the 940 train. I went more to see Ginny than anything. My cold is much better, love, and the toothache also, so you will not have to come and put your mouth over mine, darling. I only wish you had. Easter will be here soon now, won't it, love? Oh, love, I do love you. I went down to see your mother yesterday. I was very afraid they would think I were deserting them if I did not go this week. Your mother is not very well. She looks very bad. Louisa thought it was with eating mussels. All the rest are quite well, Write to your mother, love. She feels it when you do not. Katie's better and going about her work as usual. Our Emma was in a nice fix again when I got home. Laid on the club room floor this time. I don't know what she thinks she's doing if she goes on in this way. The children asking what was the matter and all sorts of questions. I don't know whatever will have to be done with her. It is a shame for her to keep going on in this way. We did not let my father know. We thought it better not. I'll give you a longer one later, my darling. I remain your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. We'll leave it there for now. Thank you for listening to my love letter time machine. Next time, Janie makes a significant purchase for her future home. We have a little look at a lady explorer and brother William steps in with emma in the meantime perhaps you could show the podcast some support by clicking on the ratings leaving a review or sharing it with someone you think might enjoy it and if you have any questions you can write to me at my time machine at gmail.com until next time take care